everyone. Welcome to Men on Fire. My name is Mike Arend, a former mechanic and engineer turned transformational teacher. And each week I'll deliver an inspiring message to help you excavate those repressed inner negative feelings and install new thoughts that will finally allow you to truly become the person you were born to be. Hey, one more thing before we get going. Are you feeling stressed, anxious, or frustrated these days? If you are, and you'd like a little help, go to calendly.com forward slash soul mechanic booking and book a 15 minute clarity call with me absolutely free. That's calendly, C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y.com forward slash soul mechanic hyphen booking. Also, if you're looking for an accomplished public speaker to speak in person or virtually at your next event or meeting, I can help you out there too. Okay, let's get on with the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to another episode of Men on Fire here on Soul Mechanic TV and Soul Mechanic Radio. On today's episode, I thought we would talk about something that is so direly needed in today's society, and that is leadership. And I've been meaning to talk about this for a little while now, but uh, as we all need some, some coaching on leadership, my, myself included, and I need reminders all the time. But as we see the world leaders out there struggling with what's going on today, the COVID-19 crisis and you know, possibly reaching a second wave, it's, things are getting worse in many countries again. So the leadership you can see is sorely lacking in some of the countries. Some of the countries are doing very well because their leadership or the upper echelon is actually doing something positive about it. So I thought I'd talk a little bit about leadership because it doesn't really matter whether you're the leader of a country, leader of a company, leader of a team, or just leader of yourself. Or maybe you're a father that stays at home with the children or a single mom, single dad, and you're a leader of two then, I guess, leading yourself and leading someone else. And the thing is, we all need to understand what makes a great leader, not just any leader. Because, you know, if someone said, well, that person next to you on one side and a person on the other side, I want you to show them what to do. You're now a leader, right? So, I mean, you take your dog for a walk, you're leading your animal. So, various forms of leadership, of course. So what makes a great leader? And we're going to look at a couple of different uh, lists I have today. One is made by a very good friend of mine, Brendan Bouchard, and he penned a book actually while he was still in college in the United States back in 2001. And it was uh, called the Student Leadership Guide to help students with leadership. And it ended up being a great success. It was, I think it's been published and, and used in over 40 of the, uh, for, of the top 100 universities and colleges in the world. So it's got great acclaim to it as well. And in it, you'll, you'll see that he has used what he calls the six E's. So each one of these six steps begins with the letter E. 
So we'll start to discuss that now with the first one being envision. So you have to have some sort of vision as a leader. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to bring your team with you? But you really have to have the vision yourself. And, the, and it's not just a vision as, you know, well, I'm making a list. I got to go to the grocery store and get these things. That's that's a, a nice vision to, to do on a, on a short-term goal. And it's not just a goal. It's bigger than that, much bigger than that. And in my company, Infinite Success Academy, um, I have a course uh, entitled Infinite Achievement Coaching. And in that, I start out with this same thing. And it is your why. Why are you doing it? And that's your vision. It has to be so big. It's like the horizon. You can you can jump in a speedboat from a beach, let's say, and, and peg the throttle and try to hit that horizon, but you'll never get there. You'll just never get there because it keeps changing all the time. And that's what this big vision is. It's going to change. It's not just a goal for this year or next year or three years. It's 10 years out. It's 20 years out. And it has to be so damn big that it excites you. And you want to get out of bed every morning. It's the reason you get out of bed in the morning to get to work or to get working on whatever that is to achieve that vision. And it may sound silly or crazy to some people when they think of, you know, <laughs> you're never going to attain that. What do you even, why are you even entertaining that vision that you have? You're never going to get there. But you know what? It doesn't matter if we never get there. It's who we become in the process of getting there that is truly important. We may never reach that horizon because it keeps, it keeps changing and our vision you know, can change along with it. But it's who we become in the process of trying to attain that vision that is really important. And that translates to your team or the people you lead. So you have to have a compelling, vibrant, and different vision. So you're envisioning something that is so damn big that you get everybody excited, not just you. You're that, that big light beam in the darkness and you're staying positive and you're always helping people understand this vision that you have. And number two on the sixth list of E's is enlist. So people support what they help create or collaborate with. So when you enlist people, to help you get to this this vision and get and, and create it and and see where you want to go so you enlist people to help you now it can be very simple as you know you enlist your your, your son or daughter or if you're a single per, uh, single mother or father to to help you out help you do with the dishes help you do with a, a, some simple chores you're enlisting their help you're saying, this is my vision of a very clean home and I need your help. And you fill them with that vision of what you want. And then you help them and, get, and, and what we're going to move on to in a minute is, is partly with the tools and the training. So 
that's what you have to do. You enlist people to help you. And number three on the list is embodying. So what do I mean by embodying? Well, that is embodying the values, the morals, the behavior to attain this vision. And you have to have certain values and morals and, and conduct yourself in a certain way in, in able to reach that vision. And sometimes that's difficult because this really, if you haven't guessed, is another word for integrity. And people I find generally have integrity with others, but they don't have integrity with themselves. And that's the most important person in the world you need to have integrity with. I mean, do you do what you say you're going to do with yourself? I mean, often we do that with others, right? Uh, yeah, I told my mom I'm going to be there at that time, so I'll be there. Yes, I told my boss I'm going to do get this done by the end of the day. I'll get that done. We have integrity with others. But what about us? You know, we, we plan to go to the gym in the morning and, you know, we don't go. Uh, we plan to eat healthy all day and, you know, we got busy and we stopped at McDonald's. It happens. And I'm not saying that, that sliding back once in a while is, is going to change the big picture because it's not. But you have to have integrity with yourself. And when you say what you're going to do to yourself, because we're always having these conversations, right? We spend most of the day, most of our lives, actually, trying to talk ourselves into something or talk ourselves out of something. And that's just natural. That's our mind doing its thing in the background. And you have to have this integrity with yourself. When you tell yourself you're going to do something, don't just say, well, I don't, it doesn't really matter if I tell them the real story or the truth. I'll just tell them a little bit of a white lie. It won't really matter. Well, have the integrity to tell the truth. Don't worry about what people are going to think about you. They're going to respect you so much more when you keep your word and that's an old adage for hundreds of years ago you know where people had to keep their word and it was a handshake was good enough at some point today we we, ha we give people our word to help them and many times we do and that's integrity with others but you have to have integrity with yourself because my personal belief it's is how can you have integrity with others if you don't even have integrity with yourself and number four on the list is empower. So this is what I spoke of a little bit later. You have to, you enlist people, but you have to empower them. So now you have to provide them with the tools and the training, which will give them the confidence they need to move forward. If they're, and we're not talking about just one-time training, you know, oh, well, watch these videos, you'll be good. Get on with the, get on with it and then you know, talk to them and call them in the office and blame them when they didn't do their job correctly. They didn't have the proper training. And it has to be ongoing training because you know as well as I do, everything's changing in the world and quite quickly, especially when we talk about technology and electronics. I mean, so much changes in, in a year. Different programs come up, they need more training. Oh, well, just adapt yourself. It's the same old program. It's, it's not. They need more training then they'll be confident, com competent and confident that they can do the job. So you must empower them with that and then give them the applause that they 
crave, they desire, and they need that pat on the back just to say, you know what, great job today, instead of micromanaging them and trying to just pick apart what they did and find some fault to make you feel superior as the leader. That's not what good leaders do. They pat people on the back, they empower them, and they get them to be able to work on their own without them constantly managing them. So number five on the list, so we've had envision, enlist, embodying, empower, and number five is now evaluate. Key people within your organization, your family, your company, or perhaps just yourself, you have to evaluate them on a regular basis. If it's yourself, maybe you do that before you go to bed. How did I do today? Did I get the things accomplished that I wanted to get done? What was the reason I didn't or what was the reason I did? And it's not to beat yourself up, it's to find out and measure what took place because what we measure can be improved. If you don't measure it, you'll never improve it, right? So you have to be able to evaluate whether it's yourself or a team. And if it's a team or a company, especially the key people, right? That are helping you, that you enlisted to help you move forward. And you have to evaluate their contribution, their skills, um, their needs, their ethics. Are we being excellent and ethical? And if not, why not? Why aren't we being ethical? Why aren't we being excellent in this? We have to find this out. We have to figure this out to work together and find out, okay, what took place? Why weren't we excellent in this? We have to change this now. So that's how you, when you have regular scheduled evaluations in uh, Infinite Success Academy and in my coaching programs, I often say, you know, you should be doing it, a, a self-evaluation at least weekly on how you were doing with your, uh, I, really, daily is better, but weekly, at least weekly, and then monthly, and then especially quarterly. Quarterly is a huge, you take the whole day off and you evaluate your company when it's quarterly. And then of course there has to be a yearly business plan. And if it's structured like that, then you will catch mistakes before they grow, before they become so big that's a huge problem. You'll catch them because you're evaluating, constantly evaluating, not just the, the bottom line and the growth of the company, for example, but employees, managers that are helping you, that you've enlisted to help you run this organization. And number six on the list is encourage. This might be the most important one. This is encourage. Now this is where all the, the magic happens. To, to be a champion, you have to be a champion of these people, uh, a cheerleader, an uplifter. Um, you have to lift people up even when you're down because we all have our down days. But you have to put that, that smiling face on, that, that uh, be that beam of light in the darkness that helps people know that you're still looking at the vision that you gave them. We're still striving for it. We still want to get there. And that's what good leaders do. 
And there's a difference. I mean, motivate is fine. You know, you can motivate them in the moment. And that's really what motivation is for. In sports, it's used to, you know, for example, um, say, pick hockey, for example. You motivate down to shift by shift, right? Uh, telling people what to do the next time they jump over the boards and hit the ice. Um, you motivate them before the game. So those are short term and motivation generally is short term because it fades. I mean, I've been to many uh, seminars and learned many things that are valuable for me in the future. But I find that, you know, three days after the seminar, it starts to fade a little bit you know and you have to reread your things or watch some more videos and get pumped up again and that's why so many of us are addicted to some of those things like seminars because we just need to get pumped up and we want to feel that uplifting spirit so motivation to me is is temporary inspiration on the other hand is for longevity through the whole cycle and i describe that as Motivation is when you get an idea. Inspiration, however, is when an idea gets a hold of you and you take it to the next level. That's the difference between motivation and inspiration. So the six points that Brendan had in his book are envision, good leaders do this, envision, enlist, embodying, empower, evaluate, and encourage. And I would add one more, and that's empathy. To have empathy with your group that you're leading, whether it's, or even just yourself, have some empathy with yourself once in a while. Don't beat yourself up all the time. And think about how is somebody else, if you put them yourself in their shoes, and they're, you know, you don't, you don't know what kind of problems they have in their personal life most of the time. Uh, you're hiding that and putting on a brave face. So, but we have to put ourselves in their shoes and help them be the best they can be. Because obviously as leaders, we want to be the best that we can be. And we'll only get that way by helping the people that we're leading. Now, I don't want to call them followers because they're not followers. Okay, uh, not good leaders don't call them followers. Good leaders call them collaborators. Good leaders call them creators because they're collaborating with you. They're working with you, not following you. Because if you were following you, you'd be doing part of their work. You'd, you'd be being that, that much vaunted and hated micromanager. And nobody wants to be micromanaged. If you train them, and give them the tools, they don't need that. So that was the list that Brendan put out actually in 2001, 19 years ago. Now here's another list that I'm just gonna go, go through quickly by somebody who lived in China over 2,500 years ago. His name was Lao Tzu and he wrote the Tao Te Ching, often referred to as the father of Taoism. And he had a great description of what good leaders do. So good leaders never compare or compete. Just be yourself. Everyone will just respect you for being yourself. So don't compare yourself with other people and don't compete with other people. 
if you compare or compete, it's with you, right? How did I do yesterday? How did I do last week? That could be in a comparison versus this week, um, which we shouldn't strive to compete, which unfortunately is so rampant in Western society. We should be creating, not competing. And if we do compete, it's just with us. So we set those small little goals, daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, that we want to get to, so we can get to our huge vision down the road, that shot to the moon. I mean, think about that for a moment. And I know I'm just a little bit off of tangent here, but think about that. In the early 1900s, you know, the Wright brothers had the first uh, recorded flight by human beings. And in 1969, we landed on the moon. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, there has to be some great leadership happening over those years, right? So just don't compete with anybody else, just yourself, so that you know how to structure and define yourself to move forward. Number two on Lao Tzu's list was good leaders go slowly, steady, and consistently. And one of his greatest quotes is, the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. So never rush, be patient with yourself and with others. And good leaders never seek approval. They believe in themselves. There's no need to try to convince others. They have self-belief. They believe in themselves. They know who they are and they move forward with their decisions. Number four on the list of Lao Tzu, good leaders don't feel the need to make their presence felt. So they don't micromanage. And, you know, they don't sit there and say, I've got to show them how great I am. And I think we know some world leaders like that, right? So they, they don't have to feel the necessity to do that. So that doesn't make them want to micromanage because they don't have any uh, hidden agenda to show somebody in your employee or even one of your managers how good you are, how great you are, how knowledgeable you are. They just move forward and give other people the tools to get it done. And number five on the list of Lao Tzu is good leaders never use force because force only causes resistance and nothing good ever comes from violence because with resistance comes violence eventually and number six on the list from Lao Tzu is good leaders never take the credit and this is a huge one people rarely know that leader even exists when they don't take credit right they should be uh, when, when accolades are handed out they should be at the back of the line when the work starts they should be at the front of the line and good leaders never take the credit for it because people should rarely know that the leader even exists when the work is done all those people believe that they did it themselves right because they were empowered and they were encouraged and they were given all the tools and the training and the confidence they need and they did their job without you standing over their shoulder so 
they did it as if they did it themselves. They know you're actually there and you're help guiding them. You gave them the vision. The biggest thing you need to do is give people a vision and they'll respond to you. And number seven on the list with Lao Tzu is they know who they are. They are a master of themselves. They don't try to be somebody else. They're them. And people follow people like that naturally. And they respect them. And the final one, number eight, they are open to suggestions. You're not always right. None of us are always right. And I know we try to be right. And it's kind of like the game of black and white. We, we try to be right all the time. And it's caused so many disasters in relationships and relationships and wars and, and, and fighting. Just to be right. It's not necessary. So they're always open to suggestions. Those leaders are always have their ears open, right? Two ears, one mouth. Keep this shut, listen with your two ears. You'd be surprised what you can learn and open to suggestions. People have great ideas, right? And you can take that and run with it. Bring that into the organization. So with these two lists, with, you know, Brendan's, which is very uh, current, and Lao Tzu's is over 2,500 years old, I find them very similar. So you can see that good leadership over the years hasn't changed. It's just the attitude of some of the leaders now, trying to take shortcuts, trying to just wield some power to get something done. It, it doesn't work. You can't just wield power and authority and push through because you're gonna get resistance. Because with force comes resistance to the force. So I hope some of these suggestions has provided you with a little bit of insight on how to become a good leader yourself, not just a leader, because anybody can be a leader. Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope to see you again very, very soon. Bye for now. Are you having trouble living the life of your dreams? Guess what? You're not the problem. It's not that you're not smart enough, deserving enough, or even hardworking enough. The problem is that you haven't yet installed the one key belief that will change everything. Want to know what it is? You're the one. That's right. You are the one. The world is waiting for you to give it that one special gift that only you possess. Want to find out more? Head to my website at micaren.com to order my new trilogy, You're the One. The first two books are available together in an omnibus book with the exciting final installment of the series available soon. And while you're there, download a free ebook or two to help make a difference in your life today. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. As always, keep what feels good and dump what doesn't. And remember, live without judgment give without expectation, and love for no reason. Follow those three simple expressions and you'll be well on your way to an inspirational, intentional, and successful life. Until next time, you're the one.